So maybe I'll uh, just share the screen again for these particular parts. And we'll recite them five times forward and out loud, and then five times silently. This is part of the sevenfold skill in learning to know it verbally, then mentally, then the color, the shape, the location, the direction, what it's bordered by, as well as the definition and function of each part. So we'll say five times tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. And now five times silently. So now we're going to begin to bring awareness into um, tears. And the color, of course, is clear. The shape, it's a watery liquid. Direction is found above the waist. It's located in the eye sockets and bordered by the eyes and the eyelid. And tears is a waterly saline solution. Its definition and its function is that it cleans and lubricates the surfaces between the eyeball and the eyelid. And also a human phenomenon that's unique is that it can be, tears can be elicited by emotions. And studies suggest that when crying, it releases stress hormones. And in the Dharma teachings, it said that if you collect the tears of all of the past lives that you have cried, it would fill all the oceans in the world. So yes, tears bring up a lot of things. Tears bring up deep sadness and grief. It also can bring happiness. So sitting with tears, so there is the impersonal definition. This just this watery saline solution cleans and lubricates the surfaces between the eyeball and the eyelid. And yet on the personal side, tears may bring feelings of great emotions of sadness and happiness and grief and tears. So sitting with tears, whatever is arising physically, mentally, and emotionally, tears, perhaps just the personal, or perhaps we're getting in touch with the, the quality of anatta, the selfless nature of things, just uh, this selfless function of what this eyeball does with tears. It's all part of the practice. So just sitting with tears, you can sense in, you might feel wateriness in your eyes right now, this wonderful thing that cleans and lubricates the surfaces of the eyeball. Tears.
as you said, with tears, it may evoke different memories. Whatever arises is part of the practice. Tears. Sensing into the eyeball, to the wetness. Tears. Now we'll gently shift from tears to grease. What that's pertaining to is um, oil, oily skin. The color is clear, the shape is liquid, it's found both uh, direction both above and below the waist, located anywhere on the body, and it's bordered really just by the skin. And the definition, it's a uh, grease is a oily fat that can be on 
the hands, the forehead, the face, the nose, or other parts of the body. It's actually an interesting little factoid that uh, earwax comes from a combination of this oil and sweat. The function of grease is for the lubrication of the skin, offers protection and waterproofing of the skin, helps to prevent dehydration. Grease also helps to lubricate the scalp and the hair. So I know sometimes we may have a whole bunch of personal ideas about, oh, oily skin and yucky, this and that. But on the other side, it's um, for lubrication purposes, for protection and waterproofing of the skin, helping to prevent dehydration. This is the impersonal part. It serves a very useful function. Helps to lubricate the scalp and the hair. And then there's the whole personal story of greasy skin and so forth. So just sitting with grease, whatever arises with you personally, impersonally, physically, mentally, emotionally, memories may get evoked. Grease. Yeah, and to help you to get in touch with it at times, you're welcome to perhaps place your finger in certain areas that you know there's greasiness, like you can feel it in outside my nose or different places. Grease. <laughs>
think that I um, was talking and it was muted. <laughs> so let us shift to saliva. Shifting from grease to saliva. And the color is clear. And the shape, as you sense into the tongue, that it may be thinner at the tip of the tongue and thicker in the back of the tongue. Its direction is found above the waist, the location in the mouth, the delimitation surrounded by the oral cavity. The definition of saliva, it's a tasteless, odorless liquid from the saliva gland that begins the process to help digest food. Humans secrete and swallow up to one and a half quarts of saliva daily. You know how big one and a half quarts is. It's filled with saliva. Saliva is 99.5% water. Its function is to moisten food, to lubricate mouth parts, to act as a digestive agent to sugars. It breaks down food caught in the teeth and protects teeth in the tongue. There have been some studies that suggest that meditation produces healthier saliva and decreases cavity. So in, in other words, not only do you brush your teeth, but you better meditate. Saliva. Yes, the impersonal part is function to moisten food, lubricate mouth parts, a digestive agent, and all the personal stories about saliva, what it may evoke. So just sensing into your mouth this watery substance, saliva, being mindful of to sense what it feels like, any thoughts, any emotions, memories, saliva being present.
And now let's gently shift from saliva to mucus. The color of mucus can be clear yellow or green. It's a thick, glutinous, and sticky fluid. It's found the direction both above and below the waist, the location, in the nasal cavity, as well as in the digestive, reproductive, respiratory, gastrointestinal, and urogenital tracts. And it's bordered by each of those um, organs of respiratory, digestion, reproduction, gastrointestinal, and the urogenital tracts. The definition of mucus is a slippery secretion by the mucous membranes and glands. There's a layer of mucus in the inner walls of the stomach that is vital to protect the cell linings from a highly acidic um, environment. The same protective layer of mucus is what comes out when you sneeze. Mucus does not digest in the intestinal tract, so mucus is commonly uh, appearing in fecal matter whether its origin is from the intestines or swallowed. The function of mucus, it helps clear debris in the nasal passages and moistens the linings. It contains an antiseptic that serves to protect cells in the digestive, reproductive, respiratory, gastrointestinal, and urogenital tracts. Mucus. So quite amazing all the different functions that mucus serves to keep this body healthy and well. All these different areas, the digestion, reproduction, respiratory, gastrointestinal, and the urogenital tracts, mucus. And of course, here again, that's kind of the, the matter-of-fact, impersonal information. This is what it does, the definition, the function, and then we have the whole personal story about mucus liking it, not liking it, icky, whatever. So just being aware as you sense into mucus, but you never thought you'd spend a whole meditation on mucus, sitting with mucus, whatever it evokes, physically, mentally, emotionally. Mucus.
Now we'll gently shift from mucus to oil of the joints. And the color, it's a colorless liquid and with an egg-like egg -like consistency. The direction found both above and below the waist, the location where the ever there are moving joints. Reminding you there's 230 joints in the body. It's bordered by between the bones and the connective tissue. The synovial fluid, oil of the joints, is a thick, stringy fluid found in the cavity, cavities of the synovial joints. With its egg-like consistency, synovial fluid reduces friction between the cartilage and other tissues in joints to lubricate and cushion them during movement. The function oil of the joints or synovial fluid lubricates the 230 joints in the body to facilitate easy movement. The inner membrane of the synovial joint is called the synovial membrane and secretes synovial fluid into the joint cavity. This fluid seeps into the micro cavities filling all the empty spaces. During movement the synovial fluid in the cartilage is squeezed out mechanically to maintain a layer of fluid on the cartilage surface. So we sometimes just take for granted how we can bend our fingers and move our arms and hips and you know so many different joints, the toes, I mean even I'm talking now, the mouth, the jaw, there's so many joints in the body and to facilitate this easy movement is the oil in the joints. You remember perhaps the problems that the Tin Man had in Wizard of Oz. Oil of the joints. The sense you can start moving your fingers and the wrist and moving your leg, like all of these joints, there's so many of them and as we're moving them, the synovial fluid is helping to support the cushion, to lubricate. Oil of the joints, whatever is arising, personally and personally, being present.
Now we'll just gently shift from oil of the joints to the last liquid part of urine. The color in healthy persons is pale yellow, clear, or amber. The shape is a watery liquid, direction found below the waist, location created in the kidneys and stored in the bladder and excreted through the urethra. It's bordered by the bladder, the kidney, and the urethra. The definition, the urine is a fluid secreted from the blood by the kidneys and stored in the bladder. It consists of 95% water and 5% liquids. Urine is virtually, virtually sterile and nearly odorless. And of course, we in our culture and probably many cultures, there's many different names for urine. The function, it's the elimination of liquid that's no longer needed by the body. On average, a human bladder can hold around 13 ounces of urine. Urea is toxic and can be irritating to the skin and eyes. However, after suitable processing, as is done, for example, on the International Space Station, urine is possible that you can extract portable water for, for drinking from it, which is really great. Otherwise, uh, how would the astronauts be able to stay up there for such a long time? How much water they would have to bring? So they actually use their urine and extract water from it. There is current uses of urine in our days and times, particularly in munition, manufacture of gunpowder from the potassium nitrate within urine. Also within textiles, urine is often been used to help prepare textiles, especially wool, and for dyeing. For agriculture, urine contains large quantities of nitrogen as well as significant quantities of dissolved phosphates and potassium, which are the main macronutrients required by plants. In ancient times, and actually even to this day, I know that some Buddhist monks, they're allowed to use fermented cow's urine for medicine. I actually have a monk friend of mine that tried it once. It wasn't so great. Um, in ancient times, the Romans used urine as a bleaching agent for cleaning clothes and washing your teeth. Scotland used to use urine to wash and soak wool to prevent shrieking. Urine. So there you go. It's what it is, what it does and yet all that perhaps is added to it, this overlay of our person, our story, sitting with urine, whatever's arising. It's powerful to see the overlay that we bring to all of these definitions and functions, all created by our mind, urine.
And so now gently withdrawing from urine and just acknowledging whatever's come up with urine and with all of these parts that we've done tonight of tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints and urine. And that all of these parts are connected to all of the other parts of the body, both on the list of the 32 parts in the hundreds of other parts and systems. It's all interconnected. Each of these parts are connected to everything else, are doorways into this fathom-long body with its thoughts and emotions that lies our world. It's a beautiful quotation from the Buddha. He asks, within this fathom-long body with its thoughts and emotions, lies our world, its origin, its cessation, its pathway to freedom is found within this fathom-long body. As we're taking some moments just to acknowledge this body, this vehicle that we live inside of, this one time. Each of these functions supporting the homeostasis, the body to regulate, to be in balance as best as it can for as long as possible. But of course, like all bodies and all beings, all conditioned phenomena, there's beginnings and endings. There's birth, there's aging, there's illness and death. This is not to be denied. But how do we begin to meet it with greater wisdom and greater compassion? This is our practice. And beginning to penetrate into the true nature of the body, perhaps dissolving some of the spells of enchantment. And seeing the body as it is, of course with that gratefulness of this vehicle that we live inside of, to awaken, to live. So may there be peace and may all embodied beings find the gateways into their hearts and grow with greater wisdom and compassion. May all beings be with peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.